Hello, this is the Daily Tech and today I'm sh sharing some more tech news with you that I do hope you enjoy. So, firstly, we'll wait for the motorbike to go past, I'm not sure if you can hear it, but anyway, uh, Singapore will pay its citizens up to £215 if they use the Apple Watch Fitness app. So, this is just really interesting. Uh, so, Singapore has announced it will pay its citizens to use the new fitness app uh, that will work with the Apple Watch that they've released a few days ago. Uh, so, the government will run a two-year program starting in October that will see users giving cash rewards for hitting fitness goals. Uh, so, they'll be able to earn up over, up to £250 in e-vouchers, uh, which can be spent on things like cinema tickets, food and clothing, uh, which some people obviously like to be able to get. Uh, Singapore hopes that the scheme will encourage people to pick up healthy habits, so of course that's what they're trying to do, uh, which will then continue after the scheme has finished. So, the city-state already runs a health scheme that rewards people for completing their challenges via their smartphones, uh, but of course the introduction of Apple Watch is the first time uh, they're using that to monitor people's activities. Uh, so, Apple have claimed it the initiative Innovative uh, is the first of its kind initiative, I think. I'm not going to bother trying to say it. Uh, anywhere in the world, the scheme was announced on Tuesday at the same time as Apple launched its new uh, Series 6, which of course contains the extra health features. Uh, it includes obviously the blood oxygen monitor that examines the colour of blood flowing through the body to determine levels of oxygen, which of course allows more accurate um, like fitness descriptions. Uh, so, of course, they're normally measured uh, for fitness and heart health, reflecting how well red blood cells carry oxygen around the body. Uh, but they're now investigating if it could uh, be used to detect early signs of COVID-19. Uh, so, of course, the scheme in Singapore uh, works by having users download an app called uh, Lumi Health, which links to the watch. Uh, of course, they complete activities which earn points. Uh, so that eventually uh, they can collect coins which can be redeemed for vouchers uh, to obviously spend in the real world, which is a really cool initiative to get people more healthy. Uh, of course, tasks are personalised to users based on their weight, age and gender. They include step targets as well as activities like swimming, cycling and yoga. Uh, so Singapore has one of the world's leading healthcare systems and we are thrilled to be partnering with them to incorporate Apple Watch and Lumi Health into their um, holistic approach into well-being. Uh, said Jeff Williams, which is Apple's chief operating officer. Uh, so, of course, Apple help millions of customers managing uh, health activity. I think this is really cool, the way that um, they're doing this, seeing as uh, it's something that really is going to really get people into healthy habits. You know, especially uh, right now, some people might not be so healthy and they want and they don't really have any motivation to be going outside. So, of course, this will give them the motivation that they might need. Uh, so, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, of course, quite interesting as well, uh, the way the government are doing this. I don't expect to see any other government doing this, really. Maybe a few others, but... Of course, it's only a scheme until, like... So, it starts in October, and I think it goes to... Um, when will it go to? It says it will... Um, what did it say? Okay, so it doesn't say, I can't remember when it would go to, because I think it, oh, two years, obviously. So, of course, that's just really cool. Right, okay, 
Apple releases iOS 14, iPadOS 14, tvOS 14, and watchOS 7. Lot 14s and a 7. So, of course, we don't know when Big Sur is going to drop, though. So, just as Apple has promised during the Time Flies event on Tuesday, uh, Apple has released all but one of its big operating systems for this year. Uh, you can now update your devices to iOS 14, iPadOS 14, uh, tvOS 14, and watchOS 7. Uh, but they haven't given any guidance about the exact release date for macOS Big Sur. Uh, so the big update add an app library and home screen widgets to your iPhone, as well as features like app clips, privacy enhancements, and a host of other improvements. Uh, with WatchOS 7 you get new fitness routes like dance, sleep tracking, new watch faces, uh, hearing protection, and automatic hand wash timer. Uh, so tvOS 14 update isn't as big as the others, but still adds useful features like picturing in pictures throughout the OS and support for 4K YouTube, which of course if you've got a 4K TV and the 4K uh, Apple TV thing, uh, then of course you can uh, take advantage of that. Uh, yeah, so that's everything, isn't it? Yeah, so just a smaller update there. Of course, it's really easy to update them all and you'll probably get a notification about it anyway, so just make sure you update when you can but I would make sure it's stable first I know sometimes it can be a bit unstable PS5 is a surefire hit but Sony's broken promises are eroding trust uh, so as the PlayStation 5 showcase ended uh, of course the sorry for the little break there uh, so as the show ended a uh, reality bit uh, in just a few tweets Geoff Knightley better became a better Sony spokesperson than anyone in the company's PR team. And actually, not actually some of these fancy games that we thought were PS5 exclusive uh, weren't. Uh, so first up, the revelation that Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales, um, which looked great running a PS5 during the show, is also coming to uh, PlayStation 4, which doesn't make it a very uh, PlayStation uh, 5 exclusive. Uh, the biggest bombshell... T um, that Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Guerrilla's um, hotly anticipated PlayStation 5 showcase, is also coming to PS4. Uh, which again, it was meant to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive, which of course is not going for it. I don't think they want to advertise the fact that they're on PS4, because obviously they want people to upgrade. Uh, then a k kerfuffle about Demon's Souls, which a PS5 showcase event told us, uh, was not available on other consoles for a limited time and was also available on PC. Uh, so, remarkably, Sony pulled its trailer uh, from the PlayStation YouTube channel, uh, re-uploading it to remove the mention of PC. Uh, this was a human error. So, of course, this is a bit annoying, obviously. People wanted these PlayStation 5 exclusives, and they're not just going to be on PlayStation 5. Uh, so, what happened to all of Sony's guff about believing in generations? It was a load of old rubbish, it seems. Whenever you believe Microsoft's philosophy of launching its games across generations, um, at least the company is honest about it. So, of course, uh, this is obviously very annoying. Of course, I assume the games are going to be optimised for um, the PlayStation 5. They're going to run better, but still, uh, you don't want these games to be uh, advertise a PlayStation 5 only and then not PlayStation 5 only. Of course, this is breaking more the trust to PlayStation, uh, to Sony, 
and their PlayStation line. Uh, Sony also confirms that the PlayStation 5 won't natively support PS5, PS2 and PS1 games. Uh, so Sony has confirmed that it won't support these discs. It's not a huge surprise uh, and the now removed Ubisoft uh, claim stated much earlier this month uh, but it's not the first time uh, Sony has plainly said as much on the record. So PlayStation boss Jim Ryan said the new console was designed to focus on PS5 uh, specific engineering even though it was still important to support uh, PlayStation 4 backwards compatibility seeing as it has over 100 million players. How many of those players are actually active uh, I'm not sure but they have over 100 million and that's what they said. Uh, so we have been building devices with a focus to PlayStation 5 uh, specific engineering. Among them PlayStation 4 already has 100 million players so I thought that I would like PlayStation 4 titles on PS5 as well. So I introduced PS4 compatibility and yeah, this is by uh, Ryan, uh, Jim Ryan. Uh, so while achieving that we focused on incorporating high speed SSDs and a new dual sense uh, in parallel. So unfortunately uh, the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 has not been achieved. Uh, so it said it wouldn't support 99% of these PlayStation 4 uh, games via backwards compatibility. Though it remains uh, unclear how uh, little of these games will be supported immediately at launch and we'll just be able to pop any disc in. And of course for that previous one about some of the things they've been saying, 99% might be an over exaggeration. Uh, obviously it probably is, but still. Uh, PlayStation Plus owners will get, however get a collection of top rated PlayStation 4 games to play on PlayStation 5 uh, while the console launches as part of their subscription. Uh, this is the scheme is called the PlayStation Plus Collection, and it contains such games such as Days Gone, uh, Detroit Become Human, uh, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy, uh, whatever that is, Final Fantasy. Uh, I'm not gonna bother doing. I'm no good. To be fair, I should probably know what the game's called, but yeah, anyway, uh, and God of War and The Last Guardian. So of course. That's a bit of a shame for some people who might want to have played PlayStation 3, 2 and 1 games. I mean, it's not surprising anyway. Obviously, um, we did expect this. They're not going to support backwards compatibility forever, but it's still a bit of a disappointment. Uh, so, Microsoft Teams and OneNote bring these new features for remote learning. Of course, remote learning has become quite popular, so of course it's, they're bringing out new features for it, so you use their platform. Uh, so now that Microsoft has started rolling out its new 7x7 grid for Teams, as well as the virtual breakout rooms, uh, the company is releasing new features that aim to improve emotional connection for students and teachers. Of course, instead of just like seeing work on just a website or something like that, they really want that actual talking, which of course uh, helps a lot of people in learning. Uh, so the latest Teams tool include praise badges from the Praise app, which Microsoft suggests teachers can use to recognise students' social skills, grow emotional vocabulary, and give valuable recognition to the daily wins, uh, which of course uh, does motivate some students. Uh, so the badge will be available for over 230 education institutes that use Teams for remote learning. Uh, so the default badges are now available in chats and class team channels with more emotional learning, uh, social emotional learning, uh, badges coming this month. So default badges include uh, awesome, achiever, awesome, coach, courage, creative, inclusive, kind heart, leadership, optimism, problem solver, team player and thank you. Uh, which isn't loads, it's still a decent bit and does cover, cover most things. Uh, 
Uh, so the SEL focused ones include communication, critical thinking, curiosity, empathy, goal pursuit, motivation, and so on. So things like that, which obviously some people uh, would like. So, of course, the badges were developed for a human-centred design approach that brought teachers and students directly, uh, directly, uh, boy, uh, directly into the process of showing they create a useful, authentic tool that will actually uh, be something. Uh, IT admins can control what badges are available. Uh, of course, some badges might not be available, like if they choose to get rid of those for that certain school. So it's not clear on how much it will help in remote learning, but of course some people will be motivated by it, some people obviously won't be, but that's just obviously the thing when it comes to this. Uh, if you're on YouTube and you're watching, you can see the images of these. So of course, um, some people will really benefit from this and some people won't at all. It's just how people uh, feel about it, but I feel like most people will use these if they, most people will use these once they have access to them. Of course, this is just something that they're bringing out, and I think it will be really helpful. Microsoft Edge will no longer let you take the easy route with passwords. So Microsoft is testing a new password generator in Edge. So coming up with a unique and strong password uh, for all your online accounts can be difficult, uh, which is why people uh, turn to using password generators to create them instead. Uh, so if you use Chrome as your main browser, you can use the use suggested password. In fact, most browsers do have them, things like Firefox and Safari. Uh, I think Safari has it anyway. I know uh, Firefox does, seems that's what I use. Um, of course, it's a recommendation, you don't have to follow it, uh, which of course, it helps some people, some people use it. Of course, some people don't for obvious reasons, like um, one of the reasons I don't is because, well I do and don't, because um, Obviously, it's only on that browser, and if you have to, if you accidentally delete that browser, or you've had to do something, or something like that happens, then you, of course you lose access to those passwords. Of course, you can put them down other stuff, but that's effort that some people don't want to take. Uh, now, though, it looks like Microsoft's testing out a feature similar to the Microsoft Edge browser uh, in its Microsoft Edge browser, according from a report from TechDAOs. Uh, so, of course. Uh, Canary dev builds of the software's giant browser often introduce new features before they're ready to be rolled out to the uh, general public. And one of these new features is a built-in password generator uh, that works the same as Google Chrome, pretty much. Uh, which, of course, they're trying to beat Google Chrome. Whether or not that will happen, of course, I've already really... I don't think it will. But, of course, they're trying to get as close to it and better. Uh, so, if you have the latest version of the Microsoft Edge dev and Canary installed onto your Windows PC... Uh, you can test out a new feature called Suggest Strong Passwords uh, to generate new passwords for your online accounts. So, of course, to enable this feature in Edge, you just go to Settings, then click on Profile, and navigate to the Passwords tab, uh, and then check the Suggest Strong Passwords. It's nice that you can turn this off as well. Uh, so, Edge will automatically generate a password for you uh, that will fill in the um, thing and save it to the browser, obviously. Uh, while you're using the built-in password generator, um, if you already use a password manager, then these services are also include the ability to do this, so you won't need this really if um, you've already got one of those. But of course, uh, this is a nice feature that adding it will people who do use um, Edge will benefit with this. I can imagine quite a few people will use it, so it's really good that they're bringing this out. 
Uh, TikTok and WeChat, US to ban the app in downloads in 48 hours. So, of course, I haven't done much on WeChat, but I've talked about TikTok. Of course, TikTok uh, is having this massive issue, and so is WeChat, where, of course, because they're Chinese apps, uh, the Donald Trump, the US government, uh, doesn't like them and is going to ban them from the US. I believe so. So, of course, TikTok's really popular, WeChat's really popular. Uh, so, of course, this is a really uh, big thing. Uh, so the Department of Commerce said it will ban people in the US from downloading the messaging and video sharing apps through any app store on any platform. Uh, the Trump administration says the companies threaten national security and capacity uh, user data to China. Of course they don't want this as this creates big issues uh, for them if it is happening. It might not even be happening though, so of course that's where they get this big issue. So I think that's because TikTok has it. I know TikTok had the option for the US part of it to be sold. I don't think that ever happened to the best of my knowledge, so of course, now it's getting banned. So of course, WeChat will effectively shut down in the US on Sunday, uh, but people will be able to use TikTok as normal until the 12th of November, uh, when it could also be fully banned, so of course TikTok you'll still be able to access. So I believe this is literally just the US. If you're in places like the UK, uh, things like that, then I don't think it affects you. So it'll still be there, but of course uh, US is very big. And of course that takes away a lot of their uh, downloads. Uh, if a planned partnership between Oracle and TikTok owner ByteDance is agreed and approved, uh, the app would not be banned. Maybe if the app is given it might be able to do stuff, like if it's been banned and unbanned, but right now we don't know. So of course it's not clear if he'll approve the deal, but it's expected to, re to review before the Sunday deadline. So what does the order say? At the, president, at the President's direction, we have taken significant action to combat China's malicious collection of American citizens' personal data, uh, the US Department of Commerce Secretary uh, Wilbur Ross said in a statement. Uh, the department acknowledged that threats posed by WeChat and TikTok uh, aren't identical, but vast swaths of data from users including network activity, location data, and browsing and search histories. Uh, of course, while WeChat closes on Sunday, people who already have TikTok will still be able to use the app, like normal, they will not be able to download new updates. Of course, uh, the President has uh, provided until November the 12th for the national security concern posed by TikTok to be resolved. So of course it will be unbanned kind of that tie, I think if it's sold to the company. Uh, so of course the US wants these banned because, uh, so the Trump administration have repeatedly said uh, the apps are a threat because of their uh, collection of data. While they may not be doing anything with this, there's no real way to confirm this, which of course is where the issue comes in. Uh, so ByteDance has denied that it holds any user data in China, which is what I'm trying to say it could do though, uh, saying it's stored in the US and instead of Singapore. Uh, Tencent, which owns WeChat, has said the messages uh, has said that messages on its app are private and that China has no access to them. Although again, we can't necessarily believe this. Of course, there's really no evidence to prove this. Uh, while TikTok has millions of users in the US, it's not clear how many of WeChat's billions users based outside China, although it's likely to be a significant number. Uh, so the ban order from the Department of Commerce follows President Trump's ex ex executive order to uh, sign in August. Uh, it gave the US businesses 45 days to stop working with this Chinese company, or either Chinese company. Of course, India have already banned it, as well as other dozen Chinese apps. So, of course, 
uh, this is a big issue uh, for TikTok, ByteDance and WeChat. Uh, obviously, it's going to heavily affect the app. Maybe not so much in other countries, but obviously people won't be able to use it in the US, which is a really big issue. Some people really like the app. Of course, we're getting these new apps like Oracle, things like that. Of course, those will probably become popular, but still, uh, for the people who don't know about it, this is going to be a big issue. And of course, WeChat is really important. Uh, that's like, I think, I believe it's probably one of the most popular Chinese apps that people use. They do a lot on the app, and people who use it in the US might be using it to contact people in China. And obviously, if they don't have access to it, then um, they can't message people from there. And if they haven't really got any other options, then that's going to pose a really big issue, which is why it's um, annoying for some people. Asus GeForce RTX 3080 uh, Tough Gaming OC Review. Uh, so, of course, the 3080 will be uh, the best gaming card for most people. No one's really... Of course, as I've said before, the 3090 uh, might not be as popular just because of the higher price and people don't really need it. And, of course, the 3070, while probably going to be the most popular, uh, of course, some people want the more uh, the more higher-up pro um, processing power, especially if they're doing a lot more powerful stuff. So, of course, the ASUS uh, RTX 3080 uh, is the mid-range card between the 3090 and the 3070. I say mid-range, mid-range in that. Of course, it's a very powerful gaming card. So, of course, I'm only talking about this one really just because it's the one I found, and I thought I might as well talk about it anyway. Uh, so, of course, it retails for £650, $1,399 Australian dollars, and $699, which is uh, US dollars. Uh, which is quite expensive for a graphics card, but when we're considering the fact that I think it has better performance than the 2080 Ti, uh, of course, um, it's really powerful. The 2080 Ti went for like 1,200, something like that, 1,000 uh, pounds, which of course is it's much cheaper uh, for this card, even if it's and it's better. Uh, so they tested it through um, eight games and three synthetic benchmarks, and the Asus. Uh, GeForce RTX 3080 tough gaming peaked at just 61 degrees Celsius, which is a full 11 degrees Celsius below the max of this uh, type of card. Uh, and that's without making a massive triple slot card that's too long to fit in most people's cases. Although at 11.81 inches and 2.04 inches thick, some people might still run into issues with the size. Uh, because of this, this is definitely a graphics card that most people should feel relatively comfortable, uh, comfortable with just tossing into their PC and never really worrying about much about the graphics card overheating. And because there's so much thermal headroom, people should be able to get a pretty healthy overclock out of this graphics card. Uh, but of course, they didn't. Uh, they didn't do this in this. So of course, even right out of the box, it manages to perform pretty identically to the Founders Edition, uh, even if there are a few different FPS, but not too much difference. So of course, looking through the thing, uh, so the one that are looking at here, so the 3080, uh, gets a score of 8,970 in times by extreme, whereas the 2080 Ti only got 6,986. Uh, 6, this is like a 2,000 increase, so of course that's a decent bit more powerful. Uh, and if we look at something like the uh, GTX 20, uh, 1080 Ti, that only got 4,673, so there is a big difference. So this is a pretty powerful card, and of course it looks really good as well. Uh, this one specifically has 
uh, two HDMI ports and three display ports. So of course if you could sell your 2080 Ti for a decent price you could get this, which of course is much more powerful as we found out. So of course this is really good. Of course if this isn't going to be everyone's card, the 3070 is obviously going to be more popular seeing as it's cheaper and still offers good performance. And I guess tomorrow I could do um, a thing on that card just to see how it performs against 20 Ti seeing as I'm actually really interested in that. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I think it was a bit shorter today, but I'm not sure though. Um, if you're on YouTube, then subscribe uh, If you and have the bell notifications on. Uh, and if you're not on YouTube, follow. Uh, there should be something like that, something similar, so you can see all the latest tech news by me. Uh, leave a like if you're on YouTube as well, it helps. Anyways, have a good day.